Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Thank you so much. Have a seat. So this morning, I'm not actually really preaching, but I do get to share a bit about family, which is something that I just love. Like I love our family, but I love this church family too. And it's just such a privilege that we get to be the leaders of this amazing church. So we love you guys. And for those of you we haven't met yet, then we're really looking forward to meeting you. And we'll try and come and say hi to you. But if we haven't, then please just come and introduce yourself to us too. So we want to get to know you. So this Sunday is our first time that we are having Heart for the House Sunday. This is going to happen every term, and this is all about celebrating and honouring our Thrive Church family. It's about talking about vision and talking about the ways that you can become more connected into the heart of this church. So on that note, the first thing, if you're not in a life group, then get in a life group. You know, um, this is something, life groups are just precious um, in this church because as we get bigger, then we need to get smaller in the ways that we're meeting together and doing life together. So life groups, the main reason we have them is about doing life together. It's about journeying together. Um, One of our core values that we have at Thrive Church is connection. It's about every person that walks in the door here belonging, every person knowing that they love, that they have a place, and every person having meaningful relationships within this church. So that is our heart for um, for church here. Life groups are the best way to make that happen too. We also want to stay connected to you through email, through texting, through phone calls and all that sort of thing. So if you haven't given us your details and you want to stay connected, then please go out to InfoDesk at the end and they'll give you some forms to fill out. We send emails out through the week and and various other methods of communication and we just want to be able to stay in touch that way and get people connected to you and um, starting to relate as well. And the final thing on connection, as you would have seen on the screen before, next Sunday is our new person's morning tea. So if you haven't ever been along to one of these, then please come along. There's nothing scary about this. It's just about getting to know a few people, getting to eat some yummy food and great coffees. So it's between services next week at 10.20. So we just want to invite everybody who hasn't been, just feel free to come along to that one. It would be great to see you there. Um, There's just one group of people too that I just want to honour this morning, and I don't know if any of them are in the room, but just in case I'm missing seeing them, is there anyone from the Intermediates team in the room? No, okay, I'm going to tell you about them anyway. So about three months ago, I think it was, we, um, well it was Larissa's baby actually, her idea, um, launched an Intermediates program here at Thrive. Now this is something that we've wanted to see happen for, I don't know, maybe years actually, and finally it happened. So this is a once a month event for people in year seven and eight, just to come along, have fun together with their friends, and um, just to be really blessed. And this team of people is giving up their Friday night, they're hanging out with a bunch of noisy kids, and they're doing this because they really believe in in our kids and they want to build with them, build relationship and mentor them. So we're really excited about them. So if you see, actually if you see any of the kids team at any stage, just give them a high five, encourage them and just tell them they're doing a great job. Um, You know, the reason they do this is because they just want to build into the next generation. 
you know, we, we've got this thing, and Glenn's going to share about it in a minute, of this heart to see 10,000 people impacted with the love of Jesus. And this is one of the ways that that can happen. And, you know, my guys are able to bring along their friends from school. So we've got a whole bunch of kids coming from the community as well. And it's really exciting. Hey, I hope you guys had an awesome afternoon. Who's enjoying the sun? Today, we had friends over. We played backyard cricket. Like, got the sprinkler out underneath the trampoline. Carnage there with children squirting each other. It was awesome. Abby, you missed out. Abby's my daughter. And, yeah. Oh, you built huts. Oh, okay, I missed out. I love hut building. It's the coolest. So, hey, it's awesome to be back here tonight. This... Um, Today, we're actually really camping around this message called Heart for the House, and this is our Heart for the House Sunday, and so I'm back here for the third time today, bringing this word, and so if you are listening to it today for the third time, I just want to say, you're incredible, you're amazing, I'm going to do my best to keep this interesting and I believe in you. I'll be looking for everyone with their eyes open. And I, like, help me, Jesus. Okay, this is going to be good, though. He is awesome. So the idea with these um, Heart for the House Sundays is that it's a, it's a day that we just really honour what God's doing at church. It's a day that we honour, like, um, that we're actually family, that we're called to be together. And we're not just, uh, we don't just come along on Sundays and cheer on the senior pastor or whoever's preaching just like, that's the man or woman of God, and I don't have to do anything with my life. No, like, we're all about, as a, as a family, like, we're all in this together. Like, I don't know about you, but we just, like, um, like I believe in you. I believe in your gifts, your grace, your call, and your part to play in Thrive Church, or in whatever church, in the Anglican Church, yes, awesome church. You know, wherever you are like situated in whatever church family, like I'm excited for you because God's got a call and a purpose for you to be in that church family. And it's not just to sit, you know how you know you can sit on the game and you can cheer on, be a spectator, and you can go, go, yeah, good things. It's actually no, we're all called to be in the game. And so We've got this epic thing coming up uh, next Sunday where we're just really kicking off our uh, 21 Days of Love called The Big Give. And we're really excited about The Big Give because it's an opportunity, like Jared was touching on, to actually send some money. Send some, because money's not just, um, you know, it's not just like a, a thing that that just goes up in your bank account and down. It actually, it's a resource of power. And so what we're going to do next week is we're taking up this big give offering and we want to bring the resource of power of finance into various agencies and initiatives around Rangiora and then into the world. We've got these um, incredible friends in Cambodia, in Arnhem Land, in uh, the uh, the Philippines, I was right, yeah, the Philippians, I was going to say, and the Philippines, and and we, we're going to send some money to them. We've done some really fun stuff in the last year, um, and then in our uh, local community as well, we're going to be empowering Rachel's House, which is an amazing ministry to, to young uh, teenage mums. Um, we've got other incredible initiatives that we're really excited about. So I just want you to get ready to, to you know, ask God, hey, how can I be a part of empowering this, uh, these vehicles to actually reveal God's love into this world and into our community? 
because God wants all of us to be in this together. Like whether it's $3, I don't know why I said three, 25 cents, whether it's $300, maybe that's a real stretch of faith for you. But God is actually saying, hey, look, this is an opportunity for you to actually get involved with what we're doing into this community. It's actually our vision uh, here, not just to build a great church on a Sunday and have to real fun times praising and that sort of thing, but it's our vision to actually see this community full of the love and freedom of Jesus Christ. Like, that's a bit of a radical statement, like thinking, I need, you know, we're called to actually take Jesus outside of this. What do you mean? I've got to have a faith outside of church. Yeah, that's where your faith belongs. Your faith belongs in the community around you. Your faith belongs in your friend's world, in your, you know, in your workplace. That is where your faith belongs. And so we've got this vision to actually see our community rocked by the love of Jesus Christ. It's amazing, actually, because Deb and I have been serving here, like, we this out this last night, for 20 years. We're like youth pastors here for 14 years, and we were so, like, felt so called to that time as being a youth pastor. Like, I, there were days, like, there were weeks where I just didn't want to youth pastor. But I was like, hey, God, can I get out of this? Can I go do something else? And he'd be like, no, you're called to this. You're called to this. And so we've done these, we did 14 years and then we've done three and a half years as senior pastors here at Thrive. And we are just still so fresh and excited about what God is doing in this region. You know, if you stay connected to God, you'll end up being 40 years old and still feel like you're 21, still feel like you've got a fresh vision and you've got a purpose and a place to, uh, to go and be and express, you know, the goodness of God. Like, I want to just encourage you just to stay, to go long in your ministry with God. Go long, and matter whether you're, um, you know, called to be a pastor or you're called into being, um, you know, a builder or whatever you're called to do. Like, God has got a great plan for your lives. So um, a couple of years ago, I had this radical um, vision. I was actually at a, um, a pastor's conference, and I say it was radical because it was like, whoa, God, you want me to think that big? And so I, I responded to an altar call. Has anyone ever done that? And you're like, what's God going to do in this moment? Am I going to feel him? Am I going to cry? Am I going to, well, you know, I, what, what's going to happen? And I, I remember going up to this altar call, and, and in this altar call, um, I just ended up falling on the ground and just blubbering in the, in the, at, at the feet of all these really awesome pastors. Like, I was the only guy like me. <laughs> and has anyone ever done that, or is that just me? But anyway, I, that was me right in that moment. And I'm crying away because God just had expanded my heart. He said to me, you know, oh, I want to I call you to 10,000 souls in your community. I, I, wanna, I, I believe that through your life and through the life of the church, this church and the churches of Rangiora, that we would see 10,000 people impacted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know exactly what that looks like in, at this time, but I was there and I just had such an encounter and I'd never really got that excited about numbers. I've all been like, you know, you just get healthy and you'll grow. And a healthy church is a growing church. But God just put in this heart, you know, in my heart, it's like, actually, he's, he's got a target for us to actually look towards to see our region impacted. And in that moment, he said, you know, these aren't just people, this is your tribe. 
This, this region, this is the tribe that you, this is your family. This is not just another number, another person who's in your way on the street, another person paying for something in, the, in front of you, another annoying driver, another like obstacle to you getting somewhere faster. These are your people. And it just really struck me at this time that actually we're called to this region. We're called not just to this region, we're called to the people, the families of this region. And I just want to really just kind of invite you in on this call as a church tonight. Like I want to invite you in to be a part of this vision, to be a part of actually winning 10,000 people in our community. It sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I was at this conference just the other week, and this guy there called Jedediah Therner, and he's preaching about going into nations and seeing nations one in a day. And they did this incredible campaign in this nation, and they had to extend the runway at the airports. They got a presidential permission so that 747s could land on these runways and bring resources into schools and bring this incredible impartation. So like we're talking to like millions of people here. And so I was up in Hamilton at this conference or wherever I was, Havelock North, and I'm like, 10,000 people, that's way too small. What am I thinking? We're like, nation. But then you come home to Rangiora and you come down Lineside Road and you're like, I'm shrinking. And I'm like, 10,000, how am I going to do that? That's scary. You know? But God actually gives us these moments to put a deposit in our hearts so that we've got something to aim towards. And I want to invite you to be a part of this, you know, this radical vision. It is radical, eh? It's like, whoa, 10,000 people. Imagine if there were 10,000 people in church in North Canterbury on Sunday mornings. Like, wouldn't that be incredible? And I just want to encourage you to start believing that with us. So I'm just going to jump into, I've got a message wrapped up in this as well. Actually, on that big give uh, next week, I just want to tell you as well that we are believing God for $20,000 to come in. Uh, so that we can hit our targets. So I just want to encourage you to partner with uh, Radical Faith uh, in that. So let me tell you the story. This is uh, called To Have No Burden to Carry. This is about a Hindu convert to Christianity, and his name is Sundar Singh. And he was um, actually converted in India, but he became a missionary to his own people in India. That's like us getting saved and going like, I'm a missionary to New Zealand, all right? So that was his call. And so one afternoon, he's actually traveling on foot through the Himalayas with this Buddhist monk. Night was fast approaching, and the monk warned Sundar that they were in danger of freezing to death if they did not reach the monastery before darkness fell. And as they were negotiating this really narrow path above a steep precipice, they heard this cry for help. And what, what had happened was that this man had been taking that same path. He had fallen, he had injured himself, and he was badly hurt. Then the monk looked at Sundar and he said, Don't stop. God has brought this man to his fate. Isn't that easy for us to do? You know, when we walk past people and just say, oh, that's their, you know, that's their problem. But this guy, Sunday, he was different. He, he replied, God has sent me here to help my brother. I cannot abandon him. So the monk, he was like, see ya. And he continued on trudging through the whirling snow while the, this missionary, Sunda, he climbed down the steep embankment. And, the, and when he got there, he found out that this man's leg had been broken, that he could not walk. So Sunda made this sling from a blanket and he managed to tie the man to his back. 
I mean, that's pretty incredible. Like, who's ever walked just normally with a man on their back? I haven't done a whole lot of that, but he, this guy did this, and he climbed up this, this really steep cliff with this man on his back, and so that he made his way. Sundar, so they continued to make their way through the deepening snow and the darkness, and he could only just make out the path, and so he was faint with fatigue. He was overheating from exertion, and then finally he saw lights ahead at this monastery, but then, for the first time, Sundar stumbled and he almost fell. But he didn't do this from weakness. He actually tripped over an object lying in the snow. So he bent down and he just brushed the snow off this object. And what he found was the body of the monk and he was frozen to death. I know, it's incredible, way, Incredible, because Sundar was connected to this guy that he was helping. And that connection that he had kept him warm, kept him going, kept him focused so that he could do the journey and survive the trip. It's incredible, actually. Um, and this is a true story as well. Years later, a disciple of Sundar's asked him, what is life's most difficult task? And so without hesitation, Sundar replied, it is to have no burden to carry. Isn't that a crazy thought? That to have a burden to carry is actually an incredible honor, responsibility. But to have no, uh, to, to have no burden to carry would actually be the most difficult task in life because Sundar could actually see the the value of what it meant to do life with others, to do life connected to those who were hurting, struggling, and that gave him purpose and fuel for life. According to research, the more we pursue our own happiness, actually the less happy we are. And I don't know if you've found that, but maybe you've like had goals in your life where you're like, man, I am just saving for an iPhone. I'm saving right hard out, and it's going to be so sweet when I get my new iPhone because my friends have got one, and it's just going to be, it's going to be, I'm going to be able to do the awesome selfies and all that stuff. And then you get an iPhone, and it's amazing for a while, but then like you might crack the screen or another model comes out and you're just like left in this like sea of disappointment. It's like, oh, so like, what the? I just need a new iPhone now and then I'll feel happy. You know, that, I want to tell you that that doesn't stop in life. If you've got goals for your education, if you've got goals to get married, if you have got goals for buying a house and becoming financially uh, prosperous, they're great goals. But just let me tell you that at those points, you'll never have a lasting happiness and satisfaction just from that goal alone. God has designed us that we would always aspire to more, that we would always aspire to actually going on with Him because life, I want to tell you that you're born for eternity. You were created never to plateau and never to arrive in a moment where you've made it. And see, this thing about happiness, pursuing happiness just for ourselves, is just such a selfish thing. And God's like, I never created you to be selfish. I never created, I created you to, to be satisfied and have significant and, and, and happiness. But I created you to have that pursuing a life of meaning by looking out for others. 
by living a life that is bigger than yourself. And that study actually summarized their findings by saying, meaning lies in others. True meaning lies in others. So living a life of meaning is found by serving a cause that is bigger than us. Do you know that's why Jesus said these amazing words? I don't know if you've heard this. Whoever clings to their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Whoever clings to their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. And it's awesome that Jesus put in there, who, not who loses their life for the sake of losing their life, but losing their life for my sake. Because do you know when we start losing ourselves for the sake of Jesus, we actually start discovering who we really are in him. We were never created to do anything in life apart from him. And when we surrender to him, when we give him lordship over our life and over the dreams of our heart, he's empowered to start living through us. And this expression of meaning comes alive in us. So tonight I'm just going to talk how to live a life of meaning. And I'm going to do this in 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. I can do it. This is awesome story, right, in the Old Testament. Who loves Old Testament stories? I'm not going to do an overview of Old Testament stories tonight because I don't have time. But there's this one about this wealthy woman from Shunem. Everyone say Shunem. Shunem. Turn to your neighbor and say Shunem. Ah, oh, Shunem. It's a great place. It's a place where the first sandals were made. Oh, yeah. Boom. Shunem. I oh, know new content. I was going to say it's in my footnotes, but I won't. So from 2 Kings 4, one day, Elisha, he went to the town of where all the shoe companies were, and this wealthy woman was living there. She owned a large shoe factory, and she didn't really. Uh, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, when he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. Who likes food? Food is so helpful, isn't it, to keep going in life. And I love it that this woman here saw a man who had an empty tummy. (laughs) She'd be a good wife. Anyway, she saw this man. She was already married, so she was just doing this out of the kindness of her heart. But she saw this man, and she generously responded to that need. I want to tell you that a generous spirit, a spirit that is after finding true meaning of life, doesn't wait for someone else to fix somebody's problem. Doesn't wait for somebody else to get involved or to be told what to do. The generous spirit takes initiative and it says, hey, I can help in this area. I can help in your life I can get involved with your pain. I can get involved with your empty tummy. I can get involved with your moment and actually bring support to you. See, no one asked a woman or this woman to make a meal for this guy. The Bible doesn't say that. It didn't, didn't say like she overheard this man complaining that he didn't have any food and all that the woman in this region did, had no idea on how to feed men going through. She just like identified the issue. She's like, this guy could do with some tucker. I'm just going to cook them up some, like, baklava or something, whatever they ate there. Anyway, some nachos, probably not. But she actually saw a need. She took the initiative, 
and filled that need. My first point tonight is that a generous spirit takes initiative. Okay, and I just, I just so believe that every person on every row has got a generous spirit in this church. You are all called to be generous. It's a part of who you are. If you're wondering out on how to help out, how can I be generous around here? Let me just give you uh, one way that you can actually tell that you're called to serve in an area or to get uh, generous in. And do you know that if you start noticing stuff, if you're along here uh, and you like notice that maybe the milk needs to be, um, you know, like, filled up because there's not enough milk at, at the hospitality area, you know, that actually could be an area you're called to. If maybe you come along here every Sunday, a Sunday night, and you're like, man, I just see the same people on the door all the time, and I'm getting sick of their faces. They must be, no, <laughs> this place needs a change up. And you're like, man, I, no, you're actually like, I want to honor these people by giving them a break. I could be friendly and say hi to people. You know, that could be something you're called to do. When you see a need, it actually can be God prompting you into an area. Maybe you're like, the words on the screen, as awesome as they are, occasionally spelling mistakes. Maybe you're like, I can, I can get involved with that spelling here at church. I mean, if you see a need, it's your area maybe to own and actually take responsibility responsibility for. I remember I was youth pastoring, and I, we'd done this awesome night at youth, but this drunk guy had come in with chips at the end, and he'd like thrown chips all down the down the driveway. He'd come in and he'd put chips everywhere. This is like potato chips. Then it rained. And I remember that like I needed to own this lane, all right? I was like called to this lane. So the next morning, I remember going out into the driveway and just like scraping up chips. I'm scraping up the driveway all by myself in the rain. And you know, I had to take the initiative. There was a need there. I couldn't actually ask anyone else to do. This was my responsibility to do. I needed to own that lane. Maybe it's time for you to own the lane that you're called in. Maybe you're at home and you're like, I hate doing the dishes. Well, maybe you should just do the dishes. Maybe you're a part of the family. It's time to contribute to family life. Come on. Abby, you're amazing at doing dishes just by the way. I didn't want to feel like I was making a burn moment right there. (laughs) But as a family, we're actually called to share the load together. And like we've got a lot of people sharing a lot of load here at Thrive. And I'm not trying to have a go at anyone or manipulate anyone into doing more. You know, if you're serving in an area, that's so cool. I just want to give those who aren't just an opportunity to actually feel this joy of being a part of family and serving in family. So anyway, back to the shoe lady. What did she do? Let's have a look. It says here that the Shunammite woman said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, and then he'll have a place to stay when he comes by. Let me just say this, that for her to have a generous expression into this person's life, she actually had to be prepared to pay a price. It actually cost her something to put on this generous display uh, because she wanted to do something for this man. I want to tell you, man, when you get involved, you've actually got to be prepared to uh, just give a little bit of your time. You might have to be prepared to get here a little earlier or be a little later. It's not always going to be convenient you deciding to have a generous spirit and living a life of meaning. It's going to be inconvenient. But there's a higher purpose here, isn't there? Like there's a higher thing at stake here because we're a church who doesn't just camp around delayed gratification. We're here for the long haul to make things awesome for 
everyone. So the generous spirit is prepared to sacrifice. This Shunammite woman, she took time to build a room for the man of God. It's not motivated by convenience. Maybe you've got time, talent, and treasure. And you can give all of that. You're like, wow, that's good. That's amazing. But maybe there's something you could start with. Maybe you could just give a bit of your time. Maybe you could give a bit of your talent, your skill set. What are you good at? You know, Maybe you've got like a million dollars in the bank and you can give some of your treasure. I don't know. But God it wants to empower you and bless you as you give your time, your talent, or your treasure. Because creating a life of meaning actually is going to cost us something. It's actually, and that's a really healthy thing because meaning and significance don't come for free. Anything that is of high value doesn't come for free in our lives. I love this verse in Colossians 3.23. It says, whatever you do, this is a good motivation for parents like getting their children to do the dishes. Abby loves this verse. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. I should shut up. Sorry, punny. You're awesome. Yeah, do it with all of your heart as though you are working for the Lord and not for man. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart as though you are working for the Lord and not for man. Isn't that awesome? That means that whatever you're doing, God sees and he appreciates. And I know you could get involved here and serve under Jared and youth and and maybe you're serving somewhere else in the church and you're like, I'm doing this for people. I'm doing this, you know, for the vision of the church. I want to tell you that you're doing that for someone far greater than just our vision, but you are actually doing this for God. What you're doing is actually an offering, and it's seen by God, because a generous spirit doesn't say, I'd better do this, or else I'll look bad, (laughs) you know? It's like, I've never done that, honest. Uh, It says, (laughs) I'll do this, even though you did not ask me. It's an expression of our devotion towards him and nothing that you do for God is ever wasted it's never wasted and the cool thing about it my third and final point is that a generous spirit attracts God let me just tell you the end of the shoe lady story so one time it's when Elisha returned to Shunem he wanted he 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 was like man this is so good I get to live in her house. I get pizza every night. It's just so amazing. And this woman's generosity had really struck a chord him. And he asked his servant, what can I do for her? And the servant told him, hey, she really wants a son, but she doesn't have one. So when, uh, so when um, Elijah saw this woman, he prophesied over him. He prophesied the word of God over this woman. And he said, this time next year, you'll be holding a son in your arms. Who knows that the word of God is powerful? It's so powerful. And he connected to something that he caught from God about the, the, the desires of this woman's life. And what happened is that she soon became pregnant to her husband and she had a son, just as Elijah said. And a year later, she was holding this boy in her hands. Do you know, it's amazing. I love this story because it just, it's a full picture. It's like she just got, she had a desire to start with an act of service for somebody else, but that act of service actually ended up changing her life. It redefined her circumstances. Her unseen desires 
were met. The first thing that she did is that she identified the need and she took action. She showed initiative. She was prepared to sacrifice and give her time, her talent, her treasure. She built this room for this man of God. She didn't have an agenda. She just wanted to help. And God was attracted to the situation. Let me just read you this verse from 2 Corinthians 9. I love it. It says this, Don't don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Isn't God good? That as we give to Him, He brings a flow around our lives that, what, that, that comes back to us. We just can't lose in life when we love and we serve others. So good. How about we just stand right now in this moment? Maybe you're here tonight and you're just like, hey, so good, man. I just give and I'm feeling comfortable. I'm feeling like content with where God's at got me and the way I'm serving and the way I'm giving and that. Or maybe you're just at the other end and you're like, man, I just actually feel like I'm a little bit trapped in my own world and I want to break out of myself. Well, tonight, do you know that's awesome? And you could be somewhere in between that as well, but God wants to actually see you activated in the rich generosity of His love. You're called to make a difference in this world and, in, and be a part of this church family. And maybe, you know, it's as simple as actually saying, you know, Glenn, I just want to go and sign up for host team next week. I want to be a part of the band. I know like I can sing and stuff. And I'm like, I just need to actually get over myself and go and put my name down because I believe that God's calling me into this. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Or maybe you're here tonight and you're like, actually, I don't even know if I've really given my life to Jesus. I don't know if I'd started this whole process of doing life with Jesus. And I just want to give you a moment as well to respond to His great love for you. So just right now, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is going to be a personal invitation for you to get connected with His amazing grace and His amazing love. Because, man, no matter where you're sitting in this room, no matter how popular or unpopular you think you are or whatever status you've got on your life, Jesus says that He will take you as is, where is. That He loves you, that He's for you, and that He's with you. If you're here tonight and you've never made that decision before, or you're here tonight and you just feel incredibly unassured that if you died, that you would not spend eternity with the Father, if you just have no assurance of your salvation, then He wants to bring such a peace and strength around this revelation that Jesus has for you. So just with every head bowed and eyes closed, just in this moment, and you just want to respond to Jesus, that amazing grace and love and, and the goodness and say, Jesus, you know, I want to start following you. If that's you right now, I just want you to lift your hand and just say, yeah, Glenn, that's me. I want to respond to His grace tonight. 
I want to respond. I just have not got any assurance of His goodness in my life. And I don't know that if I, if I woke up tomorrow in eternity that I would be with Him. If that's you tonight, just lift your hand just to show Him. This is a sign to show Him that you are actually stepping into this relationship with Jesus. Awesome, I see that hand. So good. He just wants to meet with you tonight. He wants to pour His love out on you. He wants to pour freedom out on you. Just for every empty soul in this place tonight, He wants to fill your cup. He wants to fill you out. We're just going to say a prayer together right now, just in this moment. Let's just do this together. Actually, just before we do that, I just really, I've got such a sense of the Holy Spirit's presence right now, just resting on people here. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for everyone in this room. Man, I just thank you for everyone here that no one needs to feel like they have to pretend that they've got it all together in this moment or to feel like totally full. They don't have to pretend. I just pray for everyone in this room that they tonight would have an encounter in this moment with your filling and your freedom. Holy Spirit, we just, we invite you in. We invite you in. Let's just say this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I just open my heart to you. Please come into my heart and heal any brokenness that's there. Just clean me from my past, from the words that have shaped me and hurt me. I just surrender those words to you right now. I just surrender every angry look from my father or mother. I surrender the hurt that came into my life from rejection. And I just forgive those people that have hurt me. Just show me the reality of what it means to belong to you as a son and as a daughter. And today I just want to lay my life down. I want to follow you. And I want to put you in the center of my life. Holy Spirit, just come and fill me right now. Amen. So good.